true story. I'm walking through the airport. I'm coming back from Charleston. You come back from DCA. From DCA, but I was in. We were in. We were in. It was seven below in yeah. Ohio. We came back to DCA, did a show, and I'm coming back, and I'm like, bowling. I hear bowling down the hallway. Yeah. Spite. Where were you? You were in a I like. Was in tra- I was. I, I had a client meeting, and I was yelling at you, and you barely recognized me. And you were like, no, you were behind a rope. I'm like, what spice you need? You like a velvet rope? Yeah. You like a velvet, I need velvet. Away? I love velvet. It feels good. Um, no, I was calling you. Look, look, I'm having fun, feel, dude. Feel free. Look at that's good. Feel I mean, free. I never knew that Target had good clothes like that. All right. So, so do we keep Sean for the tweets? We have any tweets? We have some pictures, some yeah. Twitter pics. Can we do it? I know he's got to go. That's good. I mean, I, Target. Walmart. Target. Yeah. yeah. Armani. Welcome to The Plunge, where we salvage what's left of our ravaged, just depleted minds for meaning. Right, Sam? Yes, we, we try to uh, what, what plunge to the depths and unclog these awful political events and cultural morasses that dominate the 20-teens, the late 20-teens. Speaking of more asses, we got Sean Spicer, drunk as fuck, talking to disgraced Fox News host Eric Bowling. <laughs> so uh, uh, how long after this video was taken, Sam, do you think Spicer uh, went to throw up on someone? <laughs> I mean, it seems like he's spinning. I feel like he's like cross faded after hitting the blunt with Jared Kushner, like you know, sixteen shots deep. I mean, he's slurring his words. Uh, he keeps commenting on Eric Bowling's suit, suggesting that he purchased it at Target. <laughs> and Eric Bowling's hurt, like feelings are clearly hurt. He's like, no, it's our body. Yes, and you can tell that the onlookers are uncomfortable and the state of the union seems like a really funny time to get just like hammered and go (laughs) on the blaze but you know i guess the blaze it's really just like a fucking twitch stream at this point right yeah it's just a who's who of has been republicans one of my favorite things about this video is that Eric Bowling is flanked by these seemingly identical, like blonde women in red dresses. <laughs> it's very surreal. You gotta wonder who is like hanging out in these circles, such that you end up on the Blaze TV live stream at the State of the Union. Well, the old Fox News business model was to uh, present uh, attractive blonde women. Uh, reading the news so maybe uh, in the blaze they just stand in the background not very progressive folks exactly it's between two blondes so we have a hero of the state of the union and i just want to say we could sit here and analyze it but i know i didn't watch it did you watch it Fuck that shit. I, there's, you could never get me to watch the State of the Union. What, what an atrocious affair. What a waste of time to just have everyone clapping for the president as he ends up not spittling all over himself for two hours. And every micro fucking gesture is analyzed like it's a fucking, I, I don't know, like it's a, a six-dimensional chess. Exactly. But 
what we're talking about here is not a micro event or a micro this this is Joshua Trump who is not related to Donald Trump or the Trump family but is really just some random 11-year-old boy who was bullied apparently in middle school or whatever for having the same last name as the president which is a, a very common thing that people are bullied for obviously and so because Melania Trump's first lady campaign is a campaign against bullying she fucking invited this random kid to the white house so he got invited to the white house for the state of the union for absolutely like the stupidest reason i can think of the most boring shit i bet he didn't even get a fucking meal of course not and that's why this kid literally fell asleep during the state of the union it looks just like He's out. And I like there are these zoomed out like Getty images that were taken and just everyone in his vicinity is staring. And that includes the entire Trump (laughs) clan, all of his inbred children. I mean, I cannot imagine what it would be like to actually attend one of these events. Just the immense stupor of it. I I do not fault this child at all. In fact, I'm even a little concerned. Why is he... Even if the State of the Union is boring, you're still seeing literally Donald Trump, the president of the United States, and a former celebrity, obviously a current celebrity, but either way, formerly an entertainment celebrity, just ramming on. How can you—not that I think he's that captivating of a speaker, but did someone, like, slip this kid a Xanax or something? Like, what the fuck happened here? Listen, we don't have to theorize about Joshua Trump beyond his heroism for sleeping during the State of the Union. Come on, this is a legendary act of protest, uh, consummate with uh, greater acts of protest in history, such as uh, why the Tiananmen Square. (laughs) No, I, I think that that honor and distinction belongs to... The queen of the day, Nancy Uh. Pelosi, who Nancy Pelosi is, of course, has been a Democrat for ages. She's the speaker of the Democratic House. And she's also like a multimillionaire. Her husband has I think they have something like twenty five million dollars in real estate holdings and California. And she's always been this very centrist politician, very centrist Democrat very resistant to the progressive wing and famously I think during the Obama years along with like Harry Reid very ineffective and she's currently polling at I think her one of her highest levels ever at a whopping like 42 percent I believe she came out of the shutdown of, with a very high approval that's right we remember when she stared Donald Trump in the eyes and somehow negotiated him away from a wall and put on her sunglasses and became a kind of a meme, of course. And she has done this again. She is pictured in this meme doing this in the picture. I can't blame people for taking it this way. She looks like she's doing this very patronizing clap for Donald Trump. And if you look to her right, Mike Pence is doing the same dead eyed parent clap he does whenever Trump manages to talk without literally like throwing up on himself or talking about the local (laughs) milk people or something. (laughs) It's so impressive. The kind of things that she's willing to compromise on, such as the idea of compromise. (laughs) So 
the fact that she was clapping specifically for Trump and the fact that she later on clarified that she genuinely was clapping for the sentiment he expressed. She was not being patronizing despite whatever bizarre pose. And I'm sure people are taking that as some kind of slick talk and that she was actually trying to throw shade, whatever. But people have really run with this. It's become this insane meme. It's sort of like when there was that meme going around that Brett Kavanaugh's family was disgusted with him during his confirmation hearing, when in reality they were obviously disgusted with the accusation against him. Right. It's this fan fiction. I don't know what else to call it. It's this painting of Nancy Pelosi as resisting quite literally when she is applauding this uh, notion that Trump is going to somehow become like a more civilized human. The best example of the fan fiction element of this was this article in The Root by one Monique Judge. Nancy Pelosi, House Speaker or Congressional Gangster. And in this article... In this article, the first line, she says that Nancy Pelosi is officially the Suge Knight of Capitol Hill. Suge Knight being a reference to, I mean, the executive at Death Row Records who is extremely violent and intimidating. I don't think Nancy Pelosi stands up. Yeah, Pelosi killed Tupac. (laughs) So this author went on to say that Donald Trump bucked and Nancy Pelosi loudly knucked without saying a word. In fact, every time you play Knuck If You Buck from now on, I want you to think of Nancy Pelosi as her new theme song. So what do you think it is about, I don't know, this tendency of liberals to treat older white women As if they are POC? It's because Nancy Pelosi looks like a corpse, I think. And she really (laughs) doesn't have any charisma and is a very uninteresting human being. So they have to create this fan fiction because the reality of her administration is always just banal and tawdry. Today, we saw... what? How did she demean uh, the Green New Deal? She said today that it was like the green dream or whatever. Yes. (laughs) Which is so, uh, I mean, disrespectful to the idea that rapid action needs to be taken to halt climate change. Isn't the Speaker of the House supposed to kind of unite the Democratic Party, not make fun of one of its popular wings does is that am i wrong in this am i like a political neophyte i I guess so because clearly nancy pelosi has been really good at having a sub 40 percent approval rating for at least a decade now but it just seems kind of ridiculous i want to say most of the 2020 candidates are on board with the green new deal also so it's like pelosi's just representing this like old guard and I, Samantha B put up this like picture of her imitating the uh, crocodile hands clap, and I just wanted to shout out this tweet from Chris Cubis, a really funny comedian. He said, "It looks like they're going to play that game from elementary school where you spread your fingers open and it looks like a pussy." <laughs> I mean, 
this is just such a sad attempt, like I said, to assign charisma to these thoroughly uncharismatic figures. And another thoroughly uncharismatic character lately has been Howard Schultz, the former Starbucks CEO, who recently has said something to the tune of we should refer to billionaires instead as people with means. Excuse me, excuse me. It's people of means. Billionaires is a slur. Yes. So this, of course, triggers plenty of contrarianism because obviously the initial reaction that people had to this was that this is a ridiculous idea that billionaires, by definition, are the most powerful people in society. They're the most privileged and you don't have to mince words when you describe how much money they actually have. But of course... Bloomberg.com, our favorite dystopian, like the news that a stockbroker would publish um, kind of shit, put out this article, Who Wants to Be a Billionaire by Tyler Cohen, which stands up for Howard Schultz and his campaign for billionaire identity politics. My parents taught me never to ask a person how much he or she earns. I was told it was rude, and I still believe that. (laughs) About half of all Americans have a net worth of zero, but I would not feel comfortable calling any specific person a zero net wealther. Oh my god! As if he, like the poor aren't like demeaned all the time. <laughs> yeah, constantly. As if in this country we don't assume that the you know poor people deserve to be poor, or that they did something to land themselves in that situation. It kind of reminds me of when white people are like, "Oh, black people can make fun of us for not using seasoning, but if we call them the N word, that's bad." It's like, well, yes, that is bad, actually. I can't help but think this was a directive from Michael Bloomberg when he saw Howard Schultz just embarrassing and like spitting up on himself the last couple of weeks. Like, hey, could you just uh, somebody uh, in our opinion section whip up a little like, you know, billionaires. You can't make the term derogatory. Yeah, I could see Bloomberg just in the boardroom like, I need our PR team stat. We need to protect the name of billionaires in the media now. You know, billionaires are people of wealth, Sam. And uh, I, feel, I feel sick about using this phrase as a slur. Well, Dan, obviously you got to work out this anti-wealth language that you have adopted from your problematic years. But, I mean, the guy who wrote this, I thought that this Bloomberg article was a bit at first, but the guy who wrote it weirdly seems kind of serious because he basically thinks that if you read Schultz's quote in context, it actually absolves him. So if you read it in context... What Schultz said was that the word billionaire has become a catchphrase and he wanted someone to reframe a question that was asked of him. He said, I would rephrase that and I would say that people of means have been able to leverage their wealth and their interest in ways that are unfair. And so he's trying to say that 
he was being aware of the corrupting influence that billionaires have had on the world since billionaires became a thing. But then why would he be thrusting himself for us to have to fucking look at? It's such a vanity project, you know? Right. And he wants to, I guess, reduce being a billionaire to, oh, I just had a leg up. <laughs> like, it's just kind of, it comes in handy to be a billionaire. It's not like it gives you outsized influence over the world or anything. So even if you read the quote in context, it still is very heinous what he said. And you also pointed me to this moment that Schultz had where he, <laughs> speaking of clapping. Yes, this was a total Jeb Bush please clap moments where and we can play the audio right here under president daniels the cost of an education here will be less expensive in nominal dollars in 2020 than it was in 2012 congratulations got to clap for that You gotta clap for that, folks. Uh, it's it's awkward. It's it's like, and apparently that I, I had read a tweet uh, that said like that was like twenty minutes or something into his speech, and he hadn't received a single like applause line or anything. I'm like, you know, these are political speeches. He's hired Steve Schmidt, who was the Man who brought Sarah Palin into the national political spotlight Sweet. Uh, as John McCain's campaign manager. And he's since rebranded as an MSNBC grifter, never Trump conservative. So he is advising Howard Schultz here, and it's tough to watch, folks. It's not as tough to watch as the political developments that have rocked the Virginia Democratic Party this past week. So I honestly can't keep track, Sam. Is your current state of residence the blackface capital of America? It really does seem to be. Uh, it's not surprising, I think, that all of this, all of this racist behavior is being exposed. This is Virginia. It's the former capital of the Confederacy. It is a state that was conceived in slavery 400 years ago and has resisted any kind of integration or uplifting of black people. So it's unsurprising that basically it seems like every Virginia Democrat who went to college in any time from 1960 to like 1991 had a shitload of people in their yearbook who did blackface or they did it themselves. So, Sam, I'm actually... Gonna grab a copy of our high school yearbook off my shelf. So why don't you just vamp for a second for the crowd? Okay, so to put this in context, the most recent revelation has been this guy, Tommy Norment, which honestly sounds like a fucking made-up name. I don't know how you walk around with a name like that. But either way, he is the Senate Majority Leader of you know the Democratic Party in Virginia, and he reportedly was the editor of his 1968 college yearbook, which was filled with people in blackface and slurs against black people, slurs against Asian people. And I've just seen also on Twitter, lots of people posting images. This guy also went to the same place as I want to say Ralph Northam, the Virginia military Institute. 
And the Virginian pilot recently was the one that exposed his yearbook, which was filled with racial slurs and had people wearing blackface and doing the whole nine yards. You know, Sam, it's funny. I'm flipping through. I'm not seeing a single blackface photo in our yearbook. I mean, you can hear me. I'm going page by page here. And a lot of white faces, hmm. uh, but without uh, the shoe polish. Well, Dan, what you have to consider is that Tommy Normant and Ralph Northam, they were just young guys when they were in the yearbook, like us in high school. Oh, wait, no, wait, I'm sorry. This is their fucking med school yearbook, which I didn't even know existed. Or in, yes! Ra- in Ralph Northam's case, it's a med school yearbook. I'm not sure about what Tommy Normant's yearbook was, but either way, they're older than we were. Yeah, so we're talking about, are we talking about men approaching their 30s? Yeah, these are men. Like, if you're in med school, you're yeah, you're in your late twenties. If you're graduating med school, Christ, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They can't. They cannot hide behind this. And I uh, this this idea that like, oh, they were just kids back then, or that it was a different time. I mean, if times were really so different back then, then how can we trust you as a product of that time? to lead us in a time where it's not acceptable to do blackface like for fun so we have so many stories coming out of virginia every day in the last week or so what is northam's strategy here because he initially apologized then said the photo in the yearbook of the clan member and the uh, blackface uh, wearer, he, he initially apologized, but then he recanted and said neither were him, but that he had dressed as Michael Jackson that same year and almost did the moonwalk or something. Yeah, okay. Dan, I'm about to crack this Ralph Northam shit wide open for you. On the 1st of February, this picture came out. This picture is of a on his yearbook page, there are three pictures of him. The fourth picture is of a man in blackface and a man in clan robes. And he at first admitted, like you said, that it, he was in the picture. However, and this is key, he did not say which one he was. Uh, then the, the great loophole. Mm-hmm. So on the 2nd of February, on Saturday, he gives that disastrous press conference that you described where he says that he's not in the picture, but that he did do blackface at a, on a different event, which was a, a Michael Jackson dance contest or something in the 80s that he went to in San Antonio. It's, it's obviously like the most made up shit I can think of. We know that Michael Jackson, I'm pretty sure his pigment was white at that point. Yeah, it, it was in the, I mean, it was, okay, it was after Thriller, but I think it was before Bad, so people didn't know the extent of his lightness, I think people still were more, they were looking more for the Thriller one, but now I'm kind of bizarrely arguing that he was justified in doing blackface, and I'm really not doing that here <laughs> at all. I mean, so he claims that he only put on a little blackface, and one of the j- journalists, like you described, asked him if he could do the moonwalk, and he looked around as if he was about to do it, and then his wife was like, this is not the right time, and literally had to stop him from doing the moonwalk. And this is all live in, like, Richmond, Virginia. It's fucking insane. 
you cannot believe what you're watching. He's clearly lying about not being in the picture. So my theory on this whole admitting it and then denying it, but then admitting you did blackface some other time. My theory is that he first saw the picture and he thought, shit, it is a picture of me. But it's he's not the guy in blackface. He's the guy in the robes. So he saw the picture and he said, shit, they caught me. I'm in a clan robe on my yearbook. <laughs> And of course he remembers doing this. Like uh, we're not we don't need to take him at his face value and play along with his game that he doesn't remember being in the picture or whatever lies he's trying to say. So he admits to being in the picture because he's admitting to being in the robes. Then he hires a PR team the next day. The PR team says what you you didn't admit to being the guy in the robes, you admitted to being in the picture. And these days, it plays better to do blackface than it does to wear a clan robe, which I think is kind of weirdly true. Uh, even though I don't, I think both of them are obviously the same level of reprehensible. Yeah, I, I don't think you really see many clan robes as uh, you know casual uh, garments. Right, but there's always every year we have this stupid discussion about Halloween costumes uh, at universities when. I'm not saying that's stupid that people every year are afraid that white students at universities are going to do blackface because they do it. I mean, clearly in this yearbook, you can see that in university culture, white people do blackface and that is bad as hell. And when people complain about the fact that white people do blackface, there's a backlash against those people every year. And it's like, what happened to free speech and all this really dumb shit? And I think because there's this weird relativism around blackface that doesn't exist with wearing a clan robe, I think even the clan doesn't wear the robes anymore because the robes are so taboo, that the PR team told him that he should say that he's not the guy in blackface, but that he did do... I don't know, maybe they told him to make up some other event. And then, of course, he kept spewing this line of like i'm trying to open up a conversation about what it means to do blackface in 2019 as if we don't know what it means it means that you're a racist asshole but i genuinely think that he's the guy in the robes and he's even i think recently called for facial recognition software to prove that he's not the guy in blackface computer enhance (laughs) yeah but you can't, the key there is that if he analyzes the guy in blackface and it comes up as not him, he thinks he's absolved. But if he's the guy in the robes, you can't run that. And just genuinely, like I think it does that the guy in blackface doesn't look as much like Ralph. His teeth are way better. I don't mean to like be staring too much at this awful photo, but I do think that Northam is the guy in the robes, and it, it it's a dumb way to spin what uh, the picture. It's just it, like a PR firm fed him this insane idea that he should kind of recant it, but then. I mean, politicians listen to anyone that they pay one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year to feed them snake oil, and I think that's what's happened here. That's my conspiracy theory of the week. And I want to read a quote from an essay uh, by David Leonard, who is a professor at Washington State University. Uh, this essay was in the Huffington Post. It's called "Just Say No to Blackface: Neo Minstrelsy and the Power to Dehumanize." Blackface is part of a history of dehumanization, of denied citizenship, and efforts to excuse and justify state violence. From lynchings to mass incarceration, 
Whites have utilized blackface and the resulting dehumanization as part of its moral and legal justification for violence. It is time to stop with the dismissive arguments, those that describe these offensive acts as pranks, ignorance, and youthful indiscretions. Blackface is never a neutral form of entertainment, but an incredibly loaded site for the production of damaging stereotypes. The same stereotypes that undergird individual and state violence, American racism, and a century's worth of injustice. So I, I just feel that what's missed in like Northam's response is like a real reckoning with like that element of it, not just the fact that like he is facing like the the outrage mob. He tried to do the spin of let's open a dialogue about this and I could see this becoming a kind of sort of a me too thing where it's just, if you I remember with the Catholic Covington Catholic kids, they had done blackface and then people were responding to the pictures of kids from Covington Catholic, the Magatines school, the infamous school at doing blackface at a basketball event. People were responding to that by saying that other universities did the same thing and that it was part of tradition. And I'm like, Yes, it is. It's part of a racist tradition. We shouldn't act like we don't know where it comes from. And it's just that people didn't think it was a big deal. In in these circles, in these fucking in military medical schools and schools of higher learning, people just thought it was not a big deal. And it's bad. It's awful. And I, everyone who gets caught doing it deserves to go down. So as time goes on, do you think that he will hold fast and not resign? You know, I thought it, that he was about to resign all weekend. I was like, waiting for the notification. But the fact that he hasn't and the fact that we are in the double down age and everyone is clamoring for this invisible center between the racists and people of color, I mean, or black people, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I, I, he has no legitimacy among his own par party. So many prominent Democrats have called for him to resign. I hope he does the right thing and resigns. But then, of course, Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor, who is actually a good progressive politician for the most part, uh, just got hit with a sexual assault allegation from law school. And the same counsel that advised Christine Blasey Ford against Kavanaugh is representing his accuser. So... I don't know if we can assume that he's a good guy either. I think after him in succession is a Republican. So Great. if Northam does step down and Fairfax uh, seems like it might happen that he'll step down, uh, the end of the tunnel sucks. Yeah, so Virginia is going to go back to being a red state. And I think the most salient takeaway from this uh, is really that the idea that you got to vote blue no matter who is... This is what you get if you compromise so hard as a Democrat on issues of racial justice. You end up with forcing people to vote for politicians who did blackface in college with their friends to make fun of people of color and, and black people. And I, I remember when I had to vote for Ralph Northam because I live in Virginia. I voted for the other guy in the primary. I voted for Tom Perriello, who was, I guess, like the Bernie Kratt candidate. But... Voting for Northam, I was just like, I hope this guy wins because if he didn't win, then the it, recently Virginia turned blue, but at that time, 
we could have been one of those states that was like dominated by the Republican Party and that just destroyed fucking North Carolina and plenty of other states. So it was a good thing when it happened. But I mean, it's such slim pickings with these centrist Democrats and I don't know. I mean, maybe just in general, white politicians, because we've got another one here. We got. I was going to say, what a, what a week for racism. We have a couple of stories. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe just white people are the problem here. We've got Elizabeth Warren, who Dan will argue is the real Larry David of politics. But her her faux pas this week is that someone came up with a picture of her state bar license for Texas, and it says that she is of the race of Native American, or sorry, American Indian. So Elizabeth Warren has infamously said that she never represented herself as an American Indian on like legal forms. Okay, your state, a, a, a form pertaining to your state bar license is like the most legal, legal form I can think of. I'm sorry, this is such a fucking Costanza, like Larry <laughs> David fucking move. And like, you know, Bernie might look like Larry David, but Elizabeth Warren with this whole fucking Cherokee thing, she's really... uh brush past him in my opinion as like the larry david of american politics like she has a lot of these humiliating moments in this cycle talking about this over and over and over again and every time it comes up it's embarrassing and very bad and you know it's not to say sam and i don't think she's one of the more progressive better candidates running i think her wealth tax idea is pretty good uh, she's obviously for the Green New Deal. Yeah, I mean, she really flanked Bernie on the racism angle here. Everybody's always talking about how Bernie is supposedly this massive racist. This always flares up. But like Elizabeth Warren has just proven herself so tone deaf on this issue time and time again. And she keeps getting caught in just worse lies. And I don't I don't know, because like you said, she her platform is one of the strongest of any of the 2020 contenders, I would take Elizabeth Warren over like what fucking Kamala Harris or like Cory Booker. I would take her any day or like the cruel boss, Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> yeah. These people who are perennially sent up as these kind of folk heroes. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, even when people yes, queen her, I kind of agree. Like she's, always been kind of a fierce fighter for what she believes in and for left-wing politics broadly and the consumer financial protection bureau was something that she completely was the brainchild of and it was a it's a good thing until of course now trump has basically gutted the whole the entire entity but i mean she's a good lady as far as her politics go but her race is just she's so tone deaf on these i can't believe you would walk into these blunders over and over again So our last racist story of the week is the widowed McCain, Cindy. She called the cops on a family because they parents were different races than the child. Yes, Cindy McCain, the mother of 
the views own Megan McCain, a fucking queen, and John McCain, just a, a true American hero. She claims that she was what at the airport and in Phoenix and saw, saw like a mixed race family and she literally said i came in from a trip i'd been in and i spotted it looked odd it was a woman of a different ethnicity than the child this little toddler she had and something didn't click with me (laughs) like it's just text i'm interjecting here this is just textbook racism it's baffling that she even said this in a radio interview i mean i went over to the police and told them what i saw and they went over and questioned her. And by God, she was trafficking that kid. Like, she said that. She did. And, and of course, this, is, this turned out to be fucking false. The Phoenix police spoke to uh, another publication and said that when they investigated, they were like, no, it's just a mixed race family. And there was no evidence of any wrongdoing or especially not trafficking. But And, of course, Cindy McCain put out like a half apology. She thanked the, the police, of course, because that's the theme of that fucking family. She has an adopted child from Bangladesh. <laughs> Is her grief driving her to these racist assumptions? And her husband was a Panamanian man. Yeah, and John McCain, we went over in our McCain-splaining episode how he has a, had a history of extreme racism, terrible human being, incompetent pilot. Yeah, fraudster, uh, career fucking murderer. Just grifter. Ugh. Complete fool, piece of shit. The McCain family should be just fucking yeeted into the sun, as the kids say. But I guess that was a pretty dark uh, politics segment. We should come into the light and do some pop culture. Sam, I think that you would benefit from some products from a brand that has just signed a Netflix uh, original content deal it's Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. How long has Goop been in existence now? Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Yeah. You know I was one Thank of your you. first subscribers. Thank you. I saw you on like Oprah or something, and I signed up for the thing. And do you actually go into the office and every conduct day. business? Every oh, day, do. every day, yeah. It's really my full-time job. There are a few items on Goop that, because I look at the newsletter, it comes on what, like Thursday or something? That's right. Wow. So I do, I know. I've ordered things from there. Oh, my I hope God. You. I love you. Um, Thank you. Th- well, and, and vice versa. But um, so anyway, <laughs> there are a few things and tips, and uh, I like the cooking stuff, and then I like to see you on vacation, you know? Oh. And, but, and usually those t- things are combined. You're eating various good things things or whatever but there are a couple of things and i've written them down here for instance tell us about earthing what is earthing oh okay so one of the things we like to do on goop is find kind of what alternative the alternative world says about like you know feeling good in the modern day world so earthing i don't actually know that much about earthing and it came out of me not knowing anything about earthing but hearing about it it's kind of they say that we've lost touch with sort of being barefoot in the earth and that there's some type of electromagnetic thing that we're missing. And that is so true. it's good to take your shoes off and walk in the grass. Okay. I don't know what the <laughs> we talk about. <laughs> yes, we're going to cleanse all the toxic racism and awfulness of the politics segment with just the description of how goop has taken over everything at this point. 
Goop's eponymous podcast has signed an exclusive distribution deal with Delta Airlines. It's hosted by Gwyneth Paltrow, and it's one of the iTunes stores' most downloaded podcasts of 2018. And now that it's going to be streaming on Delta planes, it will reach over 18 million listeners. And the inaugural episode is going to have a one-on-one conversation between Gwyneth Paltrow and Oprah Winfrey. So, uh, what is this goop, Sam? It is, I guess we can call it a lifestyle brand. It's a sort of thing to sell bougie rich people, specifically I think like white women, expensive products that will cleanse them of their toxins. Yes, women for too long have not had an equivalent to the what like old west man selling snake oil for fucking (laughs) like sexual potency or something so this is a very 2019 revamp of the snake oil salesman you i think dan you have pulled up a list of some of the products that gwyneth paltrow is hawking with this through this brand you want to give us a rundown of some of them I would be happy to. These are all Goop products. We have the gold dumbbells, 18-carat gold dumbbells that cost 125000 per set. And the black and gold workout weights will certainly weigh down your wallet. <laughs> good one i mean i would personally spring for the 24 karat gold uh dumbbells but you know I, I don't understand how broke people live so that's just me a vaginal steamer sam this is a product essential and can i use that on an on like my ass well i think that the steamer was designed to clean a woman's uterus so do you, if you have a uterus that I, I'm not, it's you know, it's I'm very happy for you, or it's your own body, you can do what you want. But it might not be the right product, is all I'm saying. You might have to get one that is specifically tailored to your your asshole. Do you think the sex dust thirty eight dollars would? This herbal supplement from the brand Moon Juice is described as a lusty edible formula alchemized to ignite and excite sexy energy in and out of the bedroom. But why do you call it dust, though? I, it, to me, sex dust sounds like when like a, an ancient man comes. It's like that. It's just fucking like powdered milk comes out. Yeah, like chalk erasers. God. Every one of her products is gross because it's also supposed to be inside of you. To the obviously, it, this brand is synonymous. I think first and foremost with like the jade eggs and other insertable stones that women are encouraged to put into their uh, vaginas. So there's been a lot of pushback to goop. There was, I mean, there's a book called is Gwyneth Paltrow wrong about everything, which is about the influence celebrities have on the decision-making of their fans. And it's really crazy that, There's been so much debunking of these stupid products. Like, they're not having the effects that she is promising. And, you know, it's all this, like, cleanse bullshit. She apparently talks about how, like, well, I like to have toxins, too. I like to smoke a cigarette every week. Like, a single cigarette. (laughs) That's some psychopath shit. Who Who smokes, like, one cigarette a week? It's literally addictive. 
I don't know. She is obsessed with like these sort of like hypochondriac chemical products. I mean, what? I don't know, Sam. What would it take for you to stick a rock in your pussy? <laughs> I there's very little that could make me want to insert anything in any cavity of my body that isn't you know food into my gaping mouth, but. I, I think it makes a little more sense if you get into some of the weird things that Gwyneth Paltrow apparently believes. She believes that a lot of this is about women bulking up. She believes women will bulk up if they lift more than three pounds. She believes that basic cardio exercise like running or cycling gives you a bulky ass and that you can pull your skin tighter to the muscle through some process. It's obviously kind of heinous and preying on women's insecurities, I think, especially in, you know, like you said, Hollywood and the, I guess, Los Angelinos, like desperate housewives who are buying this shit. But uh, she uses this sort of scare tactic rhetoric around certain like buzzwords. Apparently like the word chemical is this like demonic word for her fans. Like, they judge things based on like chemicals a lot of the time. Like she believes that spray sunscreens are sending nanoparticles of toxins that you will inhale. She strikes me as someone who listens to what like the black Israelites are yelling on the street corner. She's like, damn, these guys really know what's up. You know, like how we were talking about with the Covington Catholic teens, how if you interact with, if you, if you, get into it with the black Israelites you're a dunce and I think Gwyneth Paltrow is definitely one of those people I don't know do you think this is like targeted more towards like the housewives or like the girl boss because I feel like it, it has to be targeting some pretty like specific uh niches in like those are kind of like different markets usually with like lifestyle brands usually they're like domestic or they're like professional you know probably some crossover but I would I, I would agree that my earlier generalization that this is for like bored housewives is maybe not capturing the whole picture. I do feel like there is some sort of body hacking element to this as if, you know, all the, people are always looking for this sort of uh, magic bullet with personal health. But generally, I think you see that associated with more outright kind of conning fraudsters who maybe are looking for financial gain but with Gwyneth Paltrow I'm like you're already rich why do you have to sell this nonsense which is like it's shit that like a cult would sell this is some Rajneeshi shit yeah the Rajneeshi shit is definitely something that you can associate with her like weird diet that she said where so much baby food (laughs) You have to avoid all toxins by avoiding gluten, nightshades, soy, peanuts, dairy, sugar, and alcohol. Well, I, as a guy who is not Googling nightshades right now, because I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, nightshade vegetables. Dan, can you fill me on what a nightshade is? Sounds like the kind of thing that they would eat in like Lord of the Rings. Okay, so I found uh, an article from unbound wellness which is clearly reputable and it asks me are nightshades overwhelming you well i don't know i don't think so i'm I'm not aware of it if they are but 
apparently nightshade vegetables seem healthy. They include like tomatoes, eggplant, and mostly vegetables. But apparently they will inflame you and I have no idea. I, I, obviously tomatoes are acidic and they give you gas. You don't have to tell me that. <laughs> but well, I think it just assumes that spicy food like peppers or tobaccos on this list of nightshade vegetables. I wasn't aware that people were eating tobacco in like salads, but... Apparently they are, and that's something that she thinks she should avoid. Well, uh, breaking news, a recent headline <laughs> said, and th- this was on the Goop website, you probably have a parasite. Here's what to do about it. <laughs> and it's just this, like, wow. whack doctor that she's citing. And, yes, like, the, you know, it, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that people have parasites that are, like, undiagnosed but that's not a reason to like treat these like ailments that you don't even fucking have. Yeah. The... <laughs> Raw goat's milk can draw parasites out of you. <laughs> what do you just like suck a goat's udder? It's like she gathered old wives tales and then switched them all up and came up with her own pseudoscience here. I, I... It's hard to tell what's going on with Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop, but we're never going to see the end of it. Like you said, they're getting a Netflix show. There's going to be like 30-minute segments. I mean, it's basically going to be just sponsored. I mean, I assume that they will discuss Dr. Oz-level pseudoscience medical advice along with just hawking products. Yeah, I suppose so. People are saying that it will utilize experts, doctors, and researchers. Like, I'm sorry grifters grifters and grifters to examine issues relating to physical and spiritual wellness so obviously none of those words make sense it's just word salad together just like everything gwyneth paltrow has said as in sponsoring goop so let's head into a different uh much more depressing uh, well yeah this is definitely worse the story about 21 savage uh being detained uh, by ice so apparently 21 Savage has spoken out about how ICE is bad. And 21 Savage is an immigrant from Dominica, which I believe is a... That's why he has a British passport. I don't think he's from like the UK. I think he's from the island of Dominica, which is a Caribbean island. It was in the news a year ago for the hurricanes. It suffered insane damage. I think almost every structure on the island was knocked down by the hurricane. And it it is a small island nation with very large and rugged mountains. It's a pretty extreme territory, but either way, the after 21 Savage spoke out about how ice is out of control, which is a take that many of us have had, he found himself targeted. And I am willing to believe that he was, I think he had overstayed a visa, which is what they had got him on. But what happens when you overstay a visa is that you accrue unlawful time, and if you're over a certain amount, you're not you're deemed not admissible, and you can be put into a, after a certain point put into removal proceedings. So I think ICE just looked into it and decided to screw him over, which they have done to other more prominent and maybe more specifically immigration advocates than Twenty One Savage, who we all know from great rapping, but. Either way, it's very heinous, It's and he has been sent, apparently, to Irwin, which is a detention center in Georgia, outside of Atlanta, that all the immigration detention centers in the U.S. are in the middle of nowhere. There are these kind of off-the-grid sites. A lot of times, 
I think it's similar to what you see with prisons where the prison becomes a large employer and really feeds the town's economic ecosystem to the point that it's politically impossible to talk about removing it. And I believe that happens in a lot of the locations that have immigrant detention centers. And because immigrants are not considered U.S. citizens unless you're a naturalized U.S. citizen, then they're frequently not afforded the... Obviously, prison conditions in the U.S. are awful across the board, but immigrant detention centers, which are essentially prisons, are chronically understaffed. They they chronically have like issues with medical care and just outright neglect. Sexual abuse goes unreported and unpunished. Basically, the guards who work there operate with impunity and can be as brutal as they want to be. And they wind up serving the detainees rancid food with nails and cockroaches and it's it's a really bleak situation getting sent to one of these especially since you frequently are there waiting for immigration proceedings which means you're waiting for a court date in front of an immigration judge immigration judges are appointed by the executive branch and they're not really under the judicial branch so they are this awful just bureaucratic backwater you see all the time things like children being being forced to sign legal documents and uh, represent and stand up for themselves or give themselves power attorney when they're like five years old and it's a backwater it's fucked up it's inhumane and i'm glad that people are maybe getting a little more attention to it because 21 savage who is a high profile rapper who was very abruptly detained by ice and is now in a detention center and i think a lot of people who work in the community would say he should just leave the country because he'd be better off in you know dominica or the uk than he would in a detention center for sure i mean is there a universe where somehow he can i don't know uh drawn off attention to the the cruelty and how horrible it is in there and stop some of it i mean that would be the best case the best turnout of this situation for sure but I would not fault him for just leaving the country and and yeah. avoiding being detained at all. I obviously he's he's high profile enough that he's it's not the same as people who are kind of more nameless in the people who no one gives a shit about because they don't know who they are and those people are just forgotten and it, that's horrendous. So I don't know. It would be it would be like a t- Titanic act of solidarity for him, especially as a man of means as. Uh, as what's his name Howard Schultz would say, you know, a rich guy, it would be a, just a superhuman endeavor to stay in there for solidarity. I'm not saying you were suggesting he would do that, but when you're up against like such a brutal force, I mean, the only way is just to dismantle all of this. But as I said, the nature of the way that these things are funded and the way that the model of detaining people in this country has become so profitable I don't see a way out of it because, like I said, a lot of people depend on this for jobs, which means they're not going to give it up because it's their means, which I'm not saying that they're in the right for this, but 
it's a real political reality that's going to be really ugly when the political will to dismantle this finally becomes like the majority. Now, right now, it's in its nascent stages. This whole abolish ICE idea and the kind of coming awareness that the DHS was created within our lifetimes, within like the last fifteen years, and it would not be that weird to dismantle it. But the actions of DHS and these immigration authorities have made it so entrenched that it's as time goes by it's going to be harder and harder to do and it's very shitty yeah and i saw the line that it's uh it's been lobbied at the un to close the detention center that he's staying at so i don't know it's clearly uh just a horrific place that shouldn't exist and uh you know abolish ice and all that as well obviously i think uh if you're listening to this, you probably agree with that. Uh, yeah, definitely. I hope you, I hope you do. And if you don't, then uh, this is why people say things like this is because th- these authorities are able to abuse people and deny them their basic rights as human beings with utter impunity. And there are tons of organizations like Project South that are trying to get these detention centers shut down. And of course there's this chorus of like, well, what are we going to do with all the people? Like, I don't know. Let them be free fucking people. Let them do what they were doing beforehand. I think that so many of these people were productive members of society. And even if they weren't, they don't deserve to be thrown in a hole to die like this. So some people who do deserve to be maybe thrown into a hole to die are the, the fuck Jerry and, all related shitty repost like Instagram accounts that just post people's Twitter statuses without showing their handle and steal the joke entirely. So I feel like we should provide some context. So fuck Jerry and Jerry Media was the basically the social media company that was heavily featured and even co-produced the Netflix Fire Festival documentary that we discussed on this show, and they had final cut approval over that movie, so it was definitely a portrayal that they thought they perhaps were portrayed in, if not a positive light, like a neutral light. And that has shined a light on people like the Fuck Jerry account and the Fat Jew account on Instagram and their history of stealing comedians and artists material videos uh, jokes uh, without attribution and then using those very words and literal sometimes crop screenshots and videos um, they they will use them to profit from sponsored ads on these pages for everything from fucking Burger King to I mean Comedy Central and fortunately the efforts of Meg Wright from Vulture have drawn a lot of attention on this in the last uh, week or so and leading up to the Super Bowl they've lost hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and the uh, outcry from various celebrities has been huge Uh, people like John Mulaney like Patton Oswalt Tim Heidecker uh, Amy Schumer, Billy Eichner. You had a lot of lot of people uh, unfollowing or publicly uh, denouncing Fuck Jerry. 
Yeah, and I think this is just a very good thing. I was shocked and fucking insulted at myself for realizing that I was actually following like fuck Jerry. And I think like one of the other accounts on that list, the Kanye doing things. Uh, I had followed that one and I uh, removed it immediately. So do you want to read the list of associated accounts with Jerry media? All right. So the accounts associated with fuck Jerry that need to be shut down and unfollowed are fuck Jerry itself. Fuck Jerry TV beige cardigan jerry news foodie pizza vibes kanye doing things disco jerry uh crispy shorts and sneakers so a lot of very random noun related names did you say beige cardigan too yeah i did say beige cardigan so that is apparently uh the the elliot uh tebel the head guy's wife sweet sweet and of course, we also previously mentioned the fat Jewish, which is that even still an account? I feel like I haven't seen that one in ages. Yeah, he has, uh, you know, he's had TV projects uh, and uh, I think he's a wine brand. Uh, that guy's doing just fine. Yeah. So like I said, these people have able to been able to make a brand off of just fucking stealing and it's it's obviously artistically and creatively dishonest, but it's also just deeply cynical that somehow it's more profitable to steal other people's shit and repost it than actually come up with your own content. And the argument that Jerry Media has put forth is that, no, see, we are master curators. Oh, God. And the lack of attribution is, is just... It's so cynical and, like, fucking cruel and just clearly, like, done with the, like, like they knew what the fuck they were, their business model was built on. And they saw this opportunity to fucking rip off, like, artists and comedians. And uh, Vic Berger in Rolling Stone has an op-ed, it's time to cancel Fuck Jerry. Uh, like, a good picture of, like, the effect that these accounts have had on... Comedians who, I don't know, don't even get a chance to monetize their shit before it's stolen by these, like, douchebags. Yeah, and it doesn't help that every one of the dudes involved with this, especially you saw this on the Firefest documentary and also just pictures of Elliot Tabeel, the fuck Jerry founder. They're all just, like, the most obs- uh, pasty fucking bros, honestly. <laughs> they're just, they're all just very punchable faces and it feels good to unfollow them and deny them whatever but it's so fucked up how they were able to just make so much money it's easy to do i guess when you just don't compensate the actual creators of what you're monetizing like you said well in uh vic Berger's story he talks about the uh crispy shorts account posting a i think it was a ted cruz video and if it's the one I'm thinking of, that is like a classic video. Oh, my God. But yeah, the, the, legendary. This... You're angry. You're angry at Washington, and he uses angry rhetoric. Ted is a mess. This little guy is a waste. I also happen to call him a lightweight, okay? And I have said that, so I would like to take that back. He's really not that much of a lightweight. 
This little guy is a mess. Learn, let me take a moment, Chris, to go back to this exchange that was going on. I've rolled out a detailed plan to cut $500 billion in federal spending, specifying exactly what I would Excuse cut. me. Go ahead, Mr. Trump. Floor is yours. Ted is a mess. This little guy is a waste. Let's stop fighting. Let's stop. This account uh, reposted it and... He messaged Ryan Olager, who is the man who ripped off Vic, and Vic requested credit or deletion, and he, uh, Crispy Shorts Olager, responded simply with, shut up, and blocked Vic. (laughs) And it's funny, because that's the same shit they were doing when they, uh, for Fire Festival, and people were like, oh, where's the plane, like, land, and, like, how do I get there and like do I need to bring X or Y and like they would delete those comments. So it's just like scummy ass business practice and like a stain on like popular culture and you know Instagram is trash anyway. We all know that. It's I mean there is no other platform that has just capitalized on forcing you to feel insecure about yourself. And yes. like, you know, just brand personal branding and just I mean, just ugh. is there anything worse than someone who posts on Instagram every day? Um, yeah, the constant updates, the constant performing like your life is this endless party and you're just this charmed, beautiful person. I mean, and also the the platform is bizarre. I think the the having to resize your photos and the the way the feed works is all strange. I recently did improve my Instagram feed by unfollowing like in addition to all the fuck Jerry accounts, at least 150 or 200 other accounts and just cuz there's so much garbage on there and I, I don't know. It's gross. When, when my when my mom made an Instagram, I immediately made her. When she told me she had one, I immediately made her show me a screenshot saying that her Instagram was private because I don't want just the fucking please to show toes, sweetie, constant sexting to get to my poor mother. <laughs> yeah, fuck Instagram. Uh, you know, it's owned by Facebook, folks. If you deleted your Facebook but you still have Instagram, you're not woke. yeah it's all it's all ridiculous social media but what really is important to us these days because the internet is such a morass are irl in real life experiences and that's why we do story time and dan you've got a blockbuster story this week and sam as it was happening all i could think of was telling it on this very show because and i haven't heard this of course because we go in cold with the stories for the most part. that's true um I have to say, I have met many, many celebrities uh, through my work at SiriusXM. Many celebrities, Sam. You know this. I tell you about it all the time. Uh, Oh, uh, I was recording with uh, Barry Manilow. No, I've never met Barry Manilow. Um, (laughs) Well, when I visited you at Sirius, we did see literally like Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead. So it's been documented. You can look at Dan's Instagram to see all all the various celebrity clips. Yeah, I uh, I even have one when Morgan Freeman came into the Craig Ferguson show that I'm oh. wondering if I should delete. Like, is he canceled? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about Dan. You got to stay on your your Instagram pictures because like people get canceled left and right. You're gonna be photographed with what Farrakhan next? Come on. Yeah, I uh, well I do. Okay, 
the precursor to this story is a couple years ago, literally on 420 for whatever reason, uh, I, I was with a friend and who walks by us uh, on, you know, just fucking 49th Street in Manhattan, but Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Tucker Carlson, of course, enjoying April 20th festivities and smoking a ton of weed and celebrating Hitler's birthday. And I asked him for a picture and he took it and then he wanted to talk to me and I kind of ignored him and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> but that was then now this happened last week this is a man who sam we have talked about this man for years at least a decade has passed since uh, since this man has entered our lives it's about uh noon um the other day i am standing with my friend uh lewis and we are chatting outside as we do. We have seen various celebrities exit the building while sitting outside. Uh, one time we saw Macklemore, <laughs> but it was no Macklemore this time. For I was facing the building and mid-conversation, Lewis stops me and he said, Yo, 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 stop, stop, stop. He's like so, coming towards he, he He spits it out. It's Governor Christie <laughs> literally walking with no security directly towards me is Chris Christie. And it was one of those days where it was like seven degrees out and he was not wearing a coat, just a suit and his gut bulging out of these like pants that uh, i mean they, they could have fit a rhinoceros and not to listen i have said in the past that i'm very pro body shaming chris christie so i will do so as my thought process was was happening in the moment now guys this all happened over the course of maybe 90 seconds where I snapped a couple of pictures of Christy walking towards us. Now, he had one, like, assistant who just looked like a, a, like a younger, like, millennial girl. And no security. This man is hated by so much. He used to be, and he used to be a governor. Like, that's a, that's he, a He was that's going a to be, the, like, the president. Yeah, or attorney general. He was the attorney general of uh, New Jersey. Christy is walking towards me, and I have to say, seeing the man, I, I don't even know if I like knew what his like walk looked like, but man, you know that like Alec Baldwin sort of Donald Trump like old man like doesn't really know how to walk. Christy has like probably twenty years uh, less years on him, but the man just waddling towards us, and my friend Lewis is a pretty friendly guy, so he says to Christy walking towards us, hey, a Cowboys fan? Because famously, Christy was the New Jersey governor who was a Dallas Cowboys fan. Nobody in New Jersey likes the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Except for Chris Christy and my friend Lewis. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, Lewis just kind of, uh, or Christy offers Lewis the picture. Oh, what? Hell yeah, you cannot turn that down. So Lewis is very like unassuming about it. He's obviously not a Chris Christie fan, but we we're putting on this sort of neutral like, oh, we've seen this guy on TV. But in my head, like you know, the tea kettle's exploding. Oh yeah, I cannot imagine what was going through your mind. I had to check myself, obviously, and this happened 
I was also outside with Lewis, and we saw Nikki Haley come out of the Fox News oh, building no. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I said something to I I, I said something like kind of like you know medium volume that nobody heard about like, you know like uh, yo you're a collaborator or whatever, and I knew that if I were to say something like that to Chris Christie, he would figure out who I was, he would get me fired. He would sick the state troopers on my ass, and I would end up in a fucking, you know, Sopranos-style execution in a hole in the Pine Barrens. He's not a man to be trifled with lightly, lightly that's for sure. So rather than, like, I, I don't know, anything, uh, you know, uh, any sort of critique of his life's work, how I think he has just contributed to the ultimate coarsening of the planet earth and is just a representative of like the gluttonous conservative bullies that you know really are such a detriment to everything uh, i believe in no i took a selfie with christy <laughs> well dan you did collaborate with him on the selfie so <clears throat> i'm afraid you are a collaborator yeah, and I don't know what to do with this selfie, but I I, I want to share it, so I, I don't know. It's so powerful, but I made this, like, weird face, and Christy, obviously, like, when you take a selfie, like, they can see, like, the camera, so he could see my face, and I could tell you, like, he did that, like, grilled me for a second to, like, 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 like be like, oh, is this guy trying to fuck with me? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I stayed very neutral, and, like... I, I got the selfie. I said, I can't believe I said this. I, I felt like such a fucking like piece of shit. But I said, thanks, Governor. Or, or thanks, Governor <laughs> Christie. Or something like that. Because I just didn't want him to fucking murder me. Yeah. And, and to be fair, Chris Christie's among the more like intimidating politicians on that level of like he's petty enough he doesn't have a job currently to hunt you down and make your life miserable for decades so i can't blame you for not just calling him on his bullshit and speaking truth to power but man i when you sent me the picture i was screaming and i had a similar reaction of who am i supposed to send this to I sent it to a friend or two, and both of them were just kind of like mad at me for sending it. <laughs> they were like, we don't need this energy. And I was like, what? It's hilarious. Come on. Well, they could tell I wasn't like happy with like, like, I think my expression is very like, oh my God, what the fuck? I, yeah, you, you look bewildered and he looks uh, very jovial. I, I, I guess he was a politician. He's, he's paid to do that, but. Of the people I sent it to, which was not many, like everyone said, he he looks very like gray and scaly and like he yeah, his, the consistency of his flesh is <laughs> the weirdest part by far. It's grainy and he's kind of ashy in a way, and also that his head shape is defies logic. You know, you have these moments in your life where you think like, like I don't know, I I do think like what. What does one have to gain from like I mean what's the best case scenario you like you like the Jeff Flake like 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 how those women confronted him what's what's oh the God, best yeah. case scenario of trolling someone when you're among them like I, I, there was one person who like took a picture with Ted Cruz but it was a, instead it was like a video and they were like 
something like, uh, socialism, blah, blah, blah. And he was all flustered and that was cool. But like, have I failed this? Have I failed this show by not standing up to Christy? You could have probably slipped a zinger in, uh, honestly. I mean, he probably, Chris Christie, to be fair, does get into it with, like, everyone in Jersey, so it would have been easy to trigger him. But at the same rate, I think you're reasonable for protecting your own skin. I don't think you have failed the show. You went above and beyond for actually going up to him and getting a selfie. I would have pointed and laughed from a distance myself. As I usually do when I see like the motorcade pass by my office or something, but I, I think the best case scenario would be something like when the when protesters in D.C. chased Kirsten Nielsen, the head of DHS, out <laughs> of her restaurant, like her dinner at a Mexi- at a Mexican restaurant, of course, because uh, irony has died in the 2010s, but. Either I think that's the best case scenario, but I don't know if you had the means to do that to Chris Christie. And honestly, no one's kicking Chris Christie out of a restaurant. He would just stay and eat the food. He, he, he there are tons of videos. What well, there's one of him at like a a baseball stadium eating and yelling at someone like while eating a cheeseburger. He, he's undaunted. No, and like remember the fucking uh the day he subbed in for like Mike Francesa's show. I mean, he was getting <laughs> annihilated by the callers. Yeah, at the end of the day, he is aware that if he tried to hunt down every single person who doesn't like him, he would spend the rest of his life doing it. But I do think it's reasonable for you to be afraid that he is the kind of person who would spend the rest of his life tracking down every random jack off on the radio who insults him. So I think you're fair. He's a vindictive man. And, you know, everyone's just got it out for posters these days. Everyone who... Posting is the... It's the both the most noble art of our day and age and the greatest crime you can commit. I don't know. I, I really I, I really felt conflicted about this. I, I have so much welled up hatred for Chris Christie and every fucking thing he has done. I remember our teachers in high school striking against Chris Christie's budget cuts that he because he was one of those Republican governors in the Tea Party era right after Obama was elected who wanted to cut just every public service possible. And of course, he went straight for teachers paychecks. I remember it going to the Supreme Court, which had to determine whether his budget cuts were even constitutional because they were so drastic. And then there's the Bridgegate closures, which he was obviously like completely behind it like you know come on his whole career is just defined by like this grandstanding like bullshit and he's a terrible human being and uh donald trump collaborator you know if we recall he was the first kind of major established republican to endorse him he's a repulsive human and like the image of myself and him in the same frame, it's just, it's too powerful. <laughs> My dad said you were excommunicated from this family. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, people are, people have had an, an overwhelmingly negative reaction because Chris Christie is the, really is this just like odious figure. And on that note, this is the conclusion of the plunge for this week. Um, Sam, what are your final thoughts? Uh, don't be racist. I think that this episode had a lot of racists in it, and we're not with that shit. Fuck, fuck, Jerry, of course. Uh, I I imagine that Elliot Tabell will be hit with blackface uh, <laughs> claims next. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, who who will be next in how are they going to hashtag this like blackface gate or something? It's so bad and living in Virginia. <laughs> what if Goop sold like a black face oh, mask no. sort of product? <laughs> That's the next thing. Just wait. All right. All right. The problematic light is coming on to borrow a joke here. Dan, uh, I thought you had learned from Howard Schultz that you really need to clean up your language, especially when you're referring to billionaire or sorry. Uh, what did he say? Uh, people of people means. of means i can't be listen there's too much lingo here I, it's, it's really too hard to be politically correct towards i dare i say it billionaires yeah i said it the b word that's um you're canceled i'm afraid uh we're gonna send nancy pelosi to clap at you and i will fall asleep promptly like joshua trump <laughs> All right, uh, at plunge underscore podcast, at spaventacular, at wagstank. And uh, please give us a five-star iTunes rating. And please write a review as well. It uh, gets some eyeballs on the show and that shitty algorithm. Yeah, if you want to suggest stuff for us to talk about, tweet at us because... yeah, I don't know. What what else is there, really? Uh, today was so bad. I'm thinking about like fucking Jeff Bezos's penis. <laughs> it's, it, I don't. I I didn't want to think about that today. Well, uh, you cannot control what happens to you, and as a testament to that, let's have uh, civil rights icon Twenty One Savage play us out here. Yeah, I know what's going on. Twenty One Gang, <laughs> till I'm gone. For air game. Roll the window down, stick the Glock out. The Glock out. This chopper got an amp, I'ma rock out, I'ma rock out. When it's time for smoke, they gon' cop out, they gon' cop out. This AK-47 made in Moscow, made in Moscow. All these dead bodies got me seeing strange things. Both sides of the gun, I done dealt and felt the pain. Drive by now, we the walk up gang. I come from the six where they chalk up lanes. Slide in and out, out. Spend a night, I doubt, doubt. Gold grill mouth, mouth. I come from the south, south. We were stealing cars, you was inside the house. I know he gon' be a rat one day. Right now we call him a mouse. I done did a lot in the streets and I'm fat. PTSD, like I came from my rat. You made it from the gutter, then I'm tipping my hat. Don't go big on me, you might get hit with this mat. I don't need no hoster, you get burned like toaster. I don't drink no liquor, but I'm smoking no mimosa. We been getting that Jewish money, everything is kosher. Buy myself a Venador and buy my bitch a roaster. Drive my Lambo to the stove, I'm a wave with my doze. I'm on Glenwood, not the Ave, nigga the road. Talking on a pillow, nigga, that shit for the hoes. I never snitch on my enemy or my bros. I'm so 21, dog. I'm so SG. I'm so 4L gang, I keep a Glock, not an XD. Hair so good, she not even white, I still call her Becky. Rich and car so much, I can press a button and see next week. 30 on the glizzy, got my pants dizzy. Pants dizzy. Playing around with Savage, you get shot in the kidney. Shot in the kidney. So many drums, he gon' think a band hit him. 
Chopper clapped his ass, he thought a hand hit him I do the block, boy, JB on a bridge Make your crew do the electric slide with this stick She don't get no new Chanel, she gon' throw a fish I wanna buy that girl the world the way she saw this dick Fronted me some bags, I ran out the same night When I was in jail on my mama, I ain't kite Niggas know I'm solid, I shoot and I fight You just wear Adidas, but in real life I got stripes Nigga get killed riding a bike. Pussy. Savage left his gun at home. Nigga, yeah, right. <laughs>